You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Five and ten, Benny. It's official. Hockey's back. What up? Hockey, hockey. Yeah, we are less than a month away from the hopeful opening night of the 2021 NHL season, which means training camp is only a couple weeks away. We'll get into all that, but we had our first snowstorm. Hockey's back. It's finally starting to feel like a little bit of a a quote-unquote normal winter now, isn't it? I was going to say, it feels like uh, the onslaught just all came at once, and now it's officially winter, it's officially hockey season, and we're going from there. Um, As for the snowstorm, how was it in New York? I I saw some people at Barstool there posting pictures. It looked nice in the city, a little pretty. Is it it nice adding some some festive snow there, or too early? I mean, it's fine. The only pain in the ass is... It's twofold when you're in New York. One, since everybody's at home anyway, you really lose the allure of having a big snowstorm and you don't have to go to the office for a day or two. It has no impact on it. And the second thing is the city plows are absolute hot hot garbage. Like they do one. It's like if you envision a hockey rink and it's first intermission. And his Zamboni comes out and does one strip down the center of the rink and then leaves the rink. That's how the plows handle the streets in New York. And they don't even, the city doesn't even touch the sidewalks. So if you're walking down a, a couple blocks in the city and the sidewalk is clear, the next block could be full of 10 inches of snow that's now frozen solid from a day of melting and it's the next day. So it's hit or miss. I know it's a huge city, but other than that, it was, you know, it's my first snowfall, major snowfall in over five years, being in uh, Namibia and then San Francisco and everything else. So it was nice to see that. And it's also nice. Hopefully the snow is going to hold out for Christmas. I was going to say, and I mean, is that more nostalgia for you in the sense of being away from it for so long? Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know what it was like for you guys up there, but during the peak of it around... 11 p.m. in a city, it was whiteout conditions, like two inches of snow an hour, and the winds were like sustained 50 miles an hour. And I put on my boots, I put on my winter clothes, I walked 10 minutes to the subway, went to Central Park and walked around, took photos, and I was just looking up at the sky like, all right, this is winter. This is winter. Nice. I won't be doing that again anytime soon because now I have my fill of it. Yeah, that's it. You just needed the one-time shot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, we um, how the kids handle it. Oh, the kids love it. Like, I don't think uh, looking back, I should say, like, I remember always being in the snow and it, like kids don't get cold, like doesn't affect them. Yep. Like they're like, no, let's keep going, blah, blah, blah. And the only plus side of this snow that we had was that it was very light and fluffy. So it was very easy to push around and snow blow. So like running around in it or whatever with the kids, it wasn't like very energy consuming like it was nice you were able to move around but uh 
only downfall, it was not good snowball making. Like, we couldn't really have a snowball fight with the kids because... Oh, it's too powdery? It would go too powdery, yeah. It would kind of break apart. And one other thing I will say, too, is I know certain towns and people, they... I don't want to, I'll use my town as an example on like the moms and dads page or just the town page. People are complaining like this is the worst snowplow driver I've ever had and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like they don't even get the side streets, this, that, the other thing. I live on like a partially main road. So my house is upkept very well. But for my town, I think they do a good job because at the end they come through they clean, scrape everything, and they treat it so they make sure that they are down to the black pavement. Mm. So today, Sounds glorious, gl- glorious. Well, the problem <laughs> is you get down to the pavement. You need to get down to the pavement because if you wait, this is what happens. So I was driving along today through two neighboring towns where I noticed it where these guys must have came through on that last thing and they must have scraped it, but they never treated it. So they must have had contractors and roots, but then they never went and salted it. And now everything is frozen over and you have an ice layer over uh. a, a portion of the streets on these towns. And I'm like, you are never going to get back down to the pavement now. Like you are constantly going to be chasing that. And once yep. that is like that, that's a long winter. We're not even in January. Like yeah. that is a long time to play catch up. So my town does it right. I know the town I work for, they do it right strictly on that end. Um, but yeah, some of the other towns, like I know you're big towns and you contract a lot of the stuff, but you got to salt it or it's just ugh, good luck. Yeah. And I mean, I should take this up uh, with fast fill here, but walking around some parts of New York city here, that's uh Asian dominated not only do they not know how to drive, but they don't know how to shovel a fucking sidewalk either. So that's another thing that we need to work on. Well, I mean, if in fairness, if you can't even shovel a sidewalk, at some point you just got to, you know, just chalk it up and be like, I, I, I'm not really a good human. <laughs> um, but yeah, where do we want to go from there? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we just start with uh, the NHL and the NHLPA. So the biggest thing news yesterday was. The NHLPA had to agree to it. They have now agreed, so it is going to be a 56-game season. Still on that January 13th start date. Um, There will be no exhibition games. There is an expanded roster due to COVID. And one thing that we are waiting for is what exactly is going to happen with this all-Canadian division because we know the Board of Governors met, and some of the governors aren't happy with the... their teams and where they're falling. So where do you want to go, Benny? Yeah, uh, just to run through the highlights, like you basically covered all of them. Uh, Still waiting on the Canada situation where either it's going to be an all-Canada division, but if the Canadian provincial officials don't clear them for games, which I'm not quite sure why they wouldn't be cleared since they're not going to have fans in the arena, at least to start, and... I guess it's because they're traveling from city to city. Um, But if that doesn't get clear, that means NHL needs to go back to the NHLPA, go back to all these teams, and propose another realignment where all seven Canadian teams are going to be spread out potentially around multiple cities in the country in the U.S. 
playing in a U.S. and basically playing on a road the entire season. Um, so each team will have a four to, four to six player taxi squad. Teams have the option to toll contracts of player opt-outs. So players will once again have the opportunity to opt out instead of playing in the upcoming season. If they do that, their cap hit uh, gets, just gets carried over. Um, hopeful start date of January 13th. No exhibition games. Non-playoff teams get a few day, extra days of training camp. And the big one, no proration of player salaries. So the NHLPA held firm on that. They finally held firm on that. And the owners are like, fuck it, who cares? Let's just get this nailed down and get as many games as possible. So I think besides the proration of, salar- proration of salaries, the biggest thing for me is do they actually, one, get this off on, in time? Um, because they still have to do the realignment and... You know, we're starting to see players on Instagram like Igor Shosturkin, the goalie for the Rangers, posted a photo back in New York. So he, all these guys have to go through quarantine. And then if they don't, they're on a team that they don't know where they're exactly going to, that delays things, where they're going for camp, they're getting their family situated. So this has to be basically solved this upcoming week um, before the holidays. So they have basically till Wednesday of this week to get this figured out. Otherwise, there's going to be potential delay just because of trying to figure out all the logistics and the last thing is do you think we're going to take canadian division but do you think there's a chance so they're going to end it by july because nbc has the summer olympics do you think there's a chance that at some point in the regular season or the playoffs at some capacity fans are in the arena i believe it'll be currently as like the NFL has it, where there will be state-to-state different rules and fans will be in arenas in different capacities. Yes, I, I do think. Do I think there will be a sold-out arena? Not yet. I think we will get close. I think they will start implementing. If you have gotten a vaccine, you are more than able to go. And I think little by little it'll get there. But I do not think you will see a full sold-out stadium yet this year, no. Yeah, I think full unregulated arena use is going to be next season, which is huge for the NHL because of Seattle coming into the league. Um, they don't want to start off Seattle with no fans in the arena. So I think 2021-22 season is when things, at least for the NHL, should be pretty much back to normal. Um, I think by the playoffs, see, the difference is, you're in an enclosed arena. So like Kansas City, for example, the Chiefs, they allow, I think, uh, 20,000 people in the stadium, but that's a 80,000-person stadium, and it can spread them out, and it's outdoors. NHL, if you have a 15,000-seat arena, it's indoors. How many people do you think these teams or city officials and health officials are going to be comfortable with if you just take that number around it, 15K? Like 2,000? I would say, I was going to say about like 2,500, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing, and at least the players will have some fans in the arena. Um, but yeah, that's something to keep an eye on if they get the start date like they want, and also if they have a chance of getting fans in the arena. Going back to the Canadian division, which one, if you had your choice, obviously with safety in mind, would you rather have the all-Canadian division, or would you rather have them either 
playing in empty arenas or sharing an arena and we have more of a normal divisional alignment um, for the coming year? I would prefer for more of a alignment, to be honest, more normalcy than all Canadian. I, I know we talked last episode about how drooling it's it's going to be for that Canadian travel just in the sense of time zones. I, I know they would be better in the sense of if you flew all the way out west or east, you're definitely going to be there for at least a couple of games. It's not a one and done, yeah. but for one year, could we risk it just to see hockey? Yes, but l- let's take a team for Toronto, for example, just because I feel like they're always weighed up against the Bruins. At some point, they always cross each other's paths. I mean, for them, is it good for a year to be away from the Bruins so they can make it to the dance? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the same time, for a team that they're trying to build, they come back into the division next year and they're getting absolutely like donkey kicked. I don't think they really have a, a place to measure, like a measuring stick for them. Yeah, so, it's difficult to assess the upcoming year and make decisions on guys because you don't know based on a level of competition. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of that happened with Major League Baseball this year. It's just like they only played 60 games. How much stock do you put into a 60-game performance for a sport that usually plays triple at, almost triple at? The other thing with the Canadian division, if they don't get to play in Canada... It sounds like because the NHL has finally announced their agreement for the upcoming year and with those dates and they announced a taxi squad situation, the AHL is apparently about to imminently announce their plans for the upcoming year, which is one, huge for development of prospects, obviously, Mm -hmm. and two, will help keep these guys, like you can't go almost two years without skating in a competitive game and then continue your development but if the ahl does come back that eliminates a lot of arenas that some of these canadian teams might be able to play in so i was talking out thinking out loud to you in the sense of like does toronto just cross over and share with detroit does vancouver uh share with san jose like things like that would you rather have considering it's going to be empty arenas could they even play a college you know campuses like go down to university of minnesota and you have winnipeg play there for home games i think something like that would be good in the sense of they could listen even universities are hurting big time because a lot of them are all remote so they're not making that room and board fee if an nhl team comes in and rents out a dorm so now at least they can quote unquote quarantine in their own space you know, so at least these guys would have a whole building that they could go to and have as their own. And then, yeah, if you if you want to play at a college or university rink, if fans aren't the issue, I mean, uh, I think you can completely. I think one thing, though, that will affect the NHL in these college rinks is they are going to have to be extremely particular as to what rinks they pick, such yeah. as Minnesota would be out due to they have the Olympic size rink. The, the, it's a lot wider width-wise yeah, than yeah, the yeah. normal NHL rink. BU would be the same thing. So they would have to go in and strategically pick the rinks that are 200 by 85, not the 200 by 95s, to be to the NHL regulations because that would be what, another thing that players would looking pick. like. 
uh, hockey town. I mean, I don't even think it's 200. It might be 160 by 65. So, <laughs> the Bruin, the Maple Leafs just playing at hockey town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you said about the AHL, it, I think that's a huge point too. If the AHL does not play this year, are they still calling their players back over and skating every day? lifting every day so at least they're under the nhl's umbrella or the watchful eye of the ahl or if they don't play like you said that opens up 28 other rinks for these teams to come in and play for Mm -hmm. so i just think they need to decide and or figure out completely what the plan is i mean if the ahl's not playing and you know you're trying to lend a hand to we'll just call the three that are closest to us, Montreal, Toronto, or Ottawa, just so we can play regular season games, why not offer them Providence and a full share of the Providence locker room? We just built this beautiful new practice facility. I mean, we can definitely fit a whole training camp in there when we have training camp, so why wouldn't we be able to have the Providence guys and their own locker room set up? They're able to use all the equipment, but is it also the fear of, God forbid, if someone gets COVID or if the vaccine's a little foolproof that we're going to blow through a whole team again. So it's like, I just feel like there's so many ways to handle it. And yet again, one hiccup can ruin this whole thing. And the last thing about the AHL, the president basically, he gave an interview and he said that even if the AHL comes back to play, which is their hope, and obviously now that the NHL is announced, I'm sure the AHL is going to try and pull it off as well. He's not even sure if all the teams in AHL are going to be able to play. So the AHL, AHL may be playing. They may not have 31. They may have 25, 26, 28, or whatever. And the interesting quote about that for me was he said that the, the issue of a certain number of teams in the AHL not being able to play in the upcoming season has been discussed with NHL general managers. And those general managers have come to an understanding with each other that they would be okay loaning their players or prospects to other organizations that AHL team are playing games just so those guys get game action this year. Which I think will be interesting if, let's say the Wolfpack aren't playing, and then you send over some of the Rangers' top prospects, which a lot is riding on, um, you send them over to Providence or something, and you have like Keandre Miller um, and Vitaly Kravtsov playing games for the, the baby Bruins. I mean, if you can allow it, uh, I'm all on board for it. Like, some of the Euro guys have already started playing in Sweden and in Finland yeah. and in Russia just because, like you said, development's huge. They want these guys playing, they want them in game situations. So, Who's to say that some of these Euros even come back over? They, they might just stay where they are and say, you know what, we don't even really know the brand of hockey the AHL is actually going to give you this year. So you're better off just staying where you are and we'll, we'll assess it in the summertime. We'll assess it after the season. Yeah, I think a lot of organizations are going to be uh, spreading the wealth when it comes to their prospects. You guys stay in, in the SEL. You guys stay in Russia. You guys come to the AHL. You guys go here. Um just to get these guys some game action. So we're there. We have an official agreement. They're still figuring out the Canadian stuff, and I think the AHL will be making an announcement soon. And then come January 1st, we're all going to know, okay, what the NHL setup is officially, the AHL setup is officially, and then teams are going to start filling in the blanks uh, 
individually there. But like I said, less than a month, and hopefully we have some puck drop of some meaningful regular season NHL games in January 2021, which I was 70-30 say, thinking that it wasn't going to happen in January. So very happy about that. And with that, we would have 24 days until the NHL season. And one thing that is crucial is this right here. We're going to go with the full, excuse me, we're going with the full cap space, full projected points, players getting paid their money. Well, if we're doing that, I'm looking at it right now. Currently, there are 10 teams that are not cap compliant. So there are going to be people, there are going to be trades, there's going to be a lot of movement yep. right now in this next couple of days. Well, once something's confirmed, I would say right after Christmas, right by the new year, there's going to be a lot of movement. Uh, people are going to be watching that World Junior Tournament. I wouldn't even be surprised if you see certain prospects and draft picks go for certain guys, depending on how people play right before the season. And yeah. now that's another thing, too. Say you get traded. Is that a whole nother quarantine process from state to state? Like that just sounds crazy. Or is your negative test okay? You? That's not even happening. Like let's say, uh, let's use a name here. Tyler Johnson was traded to the Rangers. I know that's not going to happen, but New York isn't has no policy in place of negative test means you don't have to quarantine. You have to quarantine for fourteen days, no matter what. So that that's so, just the way it is. So take yeah. it or leave it. And. We mentioned that like two podcasts ago about how th- this offseason has been frozen outside of the first week of free agency. And we're like, as soon as an agreement comes in place and teams know what the how many games are going to be played, TV rights stuff, uh, prorated salaries, if any, once those things were figured out, then we're going to start seeing movement. And now that that is, like you said, I would figure from January, uh, December 26th to January 9th, you're going to start seeing teams like Tampa, the Islanders, Boston, going to start trying to clear up some cap space and make some moves. And you might see some prospects and high draft picks attached with some of these dead money contracts going the other way just to get the relief of this upcoming year. And one team that is definitely going to be making some moves is the New York Islanders. They're at... 77.5, and they still don't even have Barzell signed. So there will yeah. be a whole bunch of stuff that's about to happen. By the way, breaking news, and this is this is why you go to NHL.com. They have on their front page, Nathan McKinnon says that Colorado Avalanche may be the favorites to win the Stanley Cup this year. Kiss of death. You know, some hard-hitting journalism right there asking Nate, Mc, Nate McKinnon all the tough questions. Do you think you guys can win a cup this year? Well, you know what? It's yes, obviously on paper, Colorado looks good, but you say something like that, and then like someone's ankle's gonna snap. Like it's just <laughs> not gonna be good. Yeah. Um, also, I know one of my corny ass things that I do at the start of each podcast is you lead in with "Welcome to Two Five and Ten is episode whatever," and I associate that with a player. Today's episode ninety. I forgot to jump in with a player. We we're talking about this beforehand. How about Joe Juno? Oh, I love me some Joey Juno. Joey Juno, number ninety, number ninety in a sweater, number one in our hearts. At least it's better than whoever you said last week, Nikita Kaprasov or whatever. You uh, said. Oh, I was thinking uh, Alexei Morozov. That's but what it was. Afterwards, I figured out he wore. Uh, I think it was like 
I think 95. So I was a few episodes ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We, we were just pre-planning. That's all. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, talk about segue. Speaking of hearts. Oh, wow. That, that, that was good, Benny. I'll give you that. That was a good one. <laughs> so it's been a rough year for your boy. Um, Lundquist gets bought out, ends his career with the Rangers, soul-crushing. And ends up going to Washington, a perennial playoff rival of the Rangers, but a team that could realistically win a Stanley Cup this upcoming year. So by letting things go, rooting for Hank with the Caps, get him his cup before he retires, and then out of nowhere, you were the one who broke this news to me, Lundqvist announces that he is not playing in 2021 because of a heart condition that they discovered, I guess a few months ago and they were trying to figure it out and work on some things. And he went in for another test and a doctor's basically told him it's not looking good. So he made, made a statement announcing that he wasn't going to be playing this upcoming year. His exact quote was, it breaks my heart literally to share this news. I will not be joining the Capitals this upcoming season. After many weeks of tests and conversations with specialists around the country, it's been determined that a heart condition will prevent me from taking the ice. Together, we have decided that the risk of playing before remedying my condition is too high, so I'll spend the coming months figuring out the best course of action. And then he said nice things about Washington, D.C., blah, blah, blah. Uh, basically, there's a chance that Henry Glonquist will never play a game in NHL again. And selfishly, it's one potentially extremely shitty way for a guy like that to go out. And two, being robbed of a chance to win win the Stanley Cup with Washington, even if it wasn't with the Rangers. A lot of Ranger fans took it hard, and obviously we want him to just be healthy first and foremost. But, yeah, man, back-to-back. And 2020 started off bad for me because Kobe was, outside of Hank, like my number one favorite athlete. Everybody knows what happened. And now ending 2020 with the Hank news, and it's like, Jesus, man. The Hank news was tough because, like uh, like you said, you, you already had, I don't want to say the bad breakup with New York, but you go your separate ways. You want nothing best for this guy. You're like, all right, go win that cup. And then the rug is just completely pulled out from underneath you because it's like you, you want the guy to do good. He did so good for you guys. And now it's, you know, obviously I don't think it's, a deteriorating health condition where he's his times numbered, but obviously to be that peak athletic performance, that's not going to happen just to save that heart. So it's just, and yet again, this is a bad segue, but it's heart wrenching for a guy <laughs> that, you know, you wanted so much for, and he's done so much for where it's like, you know what? I don't care if Washington wins the cup this year. I want, I want it for Hank. And then it's like, you can't even provide it for him because he's not even there. And, even the players you could see were pretty, I, yeah. I don't want to say choked up, but they were definitely emotional. A lot of the guys going to Twitter and, you know, giving their best wishes to Hank on all sorts of ends. And then it was the uh, the Matt Zuccarello one was just, that one hit me in the field. Yeah. Just the picture when you of the said two that to me, them. I was like, what are you doing to me, Casey? Yeah, that's what I knew it was real. Like, you didn't even give me the Kev. You're like, Casey, like, this isn't getting <laughs> good. Please, for the love of God, just, you know, just just leave me be for a minute. And I, I yeah, like, text. I got that news. I, I saw, so I saw the thing you sent. Like, I got the notification on my phone. So you, you technically broke the news to me. 
But right above that, let me pull it up what it said here. I have alerts from NHL.com. And the alert from NHL.com scared the ever-living shit out of me because... It's like Hank's heart stopped ticking. You're like, whoa. That, it, that's here's, a... here's what the alert said. Breaking. League reacts to Lundquist news. Oh, so you're like, where are we going with this? And I was like, holy shit, did Hank die? And then I clicked on your thing and I saw it was a heart condition and he's, you know, okay. But he's not playing. And I'm like, the NHL, whoever wrote that for the NHL needs to get fucking fired. Because I'm sure, like, every male over the age of 16 in New York City fucking almost collapsed. Do, do you think it was a certain intern that may or may not have woken somebody up from their pregame nap? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe they didn't get enough of their pregame nap. <laughs> so, sorry, that's just the layup every time. It's hard not to take that one. But yeah, so obviously we want nothing but health for Hank. Um, I was talking to my friend Eric, also a listener of the podcast, fellow Rangers fan, who's brought up an, a very valid point and obviously getting ahead of, ahead of ourselves here. But the Rangers bought out Hank because they needed the cap space, all this stuff. He signs a one-year deal with Washington. This contract doesn't carry over. So come, in, come next summer, he's a free agent. Yep. If the Rangers turn a corner this year, and they're looking good. You bring back Hank to be 1A, sit behind Igor, and ride him. You know, he rides Igor to try and get his cup but with the Rangers. I mean... Uh, Never plays a game for another, another NHL team, and the Rangers got their, their buyout cap space. <laughs> I was going to say, the only thing that might hurt them, but it might not because... You have Georgiev next year at just under two and a half. So if you could deal Georgiev, if Igor's your guy, deal him. You have Hanky for a year, and then either you find someone to be a backup or you bring somebody up from the minors. Yeah, I mean, we also have uh, Tyler Wall, who's well-respected goaltending prospect. So we'll see there. I know it's just hypotheticals, but, uh, man, he's basically... I think the outpouring was because everybody was rooting for him to get his cup and to have that just taken away from him, not because Washington got eliminated in the playoffs, he didn't pull it out, but because of something out of his control, I think is what why a lot of guys around the league were like, ah, fuck. Do you think some people on the other end are finally like, you know what, finally something happened to this guy. Like He has the looks, has the money, (laughs) has the hog, like... All right, he has a little hole in his heart. He's not going to die. Like, he's going to live, you know? Like, you, th- you think anyone's saying that on the other end, or am I just... Uh... I, I hope I hope if somebody was that I'm able to find out who they are so I can end their lives. All right, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. I was just thinking about it. Like, I bet someone's, like, wishing for that on the other end. Like, something needs to happen to this guy. He can't have everything. Uh, man. But, yeah, so it was a interesting day. And then... It was like an hour later when you sent me the, the Zook post, and I was just like, dude, all right, I need a little time here. Well, yeah, I, I did see later on uh, Instagram, you posted a thing, and you were like, this one's for Hank. I, I think you even had a drink that night. Oh, yeah. I, dude, it was uh, comfort food after the Hank news. I went to a uh, really well-known bakery here in the city, got myself a couple cookies, got myself a nice glass of wine. I was just sitting there. I was just like, you know, I'm eating healthy, been doing well, getting to the, the fitness routine. I'm like, but fuck it. 
I need some something to really make me feel well today after this news. And not many people can have that type of impact. This dude doesn't even know I exist, and his health is like weighing me down. <laughs> and like, so random question, right? The the first lady walks in the door. She sees this going on, and like, does she just she just goes Hank, and, and like just keeps walking. You're like, th- like thank you for the acknowledgement and thank you for my space. <laughs> it's the uh, the hug the are you okay? Let me know if you need anything. And then the, I'll, I'll be watching Dawson's if you want to get your mind off things. <laughs> like th- That's all I need to hear. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, do we have any in history today? We do have some NHL today in NHL history. Um, let's see. I'm trying to get my, myself composed here after talking about Hank. Um, all right, let's go. 19, I got two for you. Let's go. Nineteen seventy-three. Henry Richard becomes the ninth player in NHL history to reach one thousand career points. It, it comes when he sets up a second-period goal by Jim Roberts in a two-two tie. Yes, kids, they used to be ties with the <laughs> Buffalo Sabers at Memorial Auditorium. And lastly, let's go with Dennis Potvin in nineteen eighty-five of the New York Islanders becomes the NHL's all-time scoring leader among defensemen. Poppin gets his 916th career point, breaking a tie with Bobby Orr with a first-period assist in a 2-2 tie against the New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden. And, of course, the obligatory Poppin sucks. <laughs> Felix the Cat? You didn't like Felix the Cat? Dennis Poppin, my friend. Oh, Denny. I'm sorry. Fuck I was going to say, Felix got uh, – he was the one who got tuned up by Ronnie Hextar, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he – he traveled 200 feet to get his ass handed to him. <laughs> was, I think he was the one that got beat up in ball. Oh, no, I lied. That was Patrick Laleem, not Felix the Cat Pot Van. Patrick Laleem when Byron Defoe tuned him up. Oh, yeah. There was. You guys have a couple good goalie fights, but I think the best one of all time is my boy Dan Cloutier with Tommy Salo. Dude, I, I will say I love when the goalies go. That's when it's just like all hell breaks loose. And you know what? L- let it be. Little Beatles there, little let it be. <laughs> I was at the game with uh, our very own special guest, Mike Ansaldi, when Tim, Timmy Thomas and Carey Price went at it. And when I say went at it, I mean Tim Thomas took his helmet off and they proceeded to fall on his ass. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, he went to tie up. Well, that was the other one, too, where it was right before that, the uh, Penguins went at it, the Penguins and the Islanders. And at least oh Carey Price. Michael Haley? Yeah, well, at least Carey Price and Thomas knew. Like, once as Thomas fell, they both kind of like started laughing because I think it was, um, oh my God, who was it? It was the older goalie for uh, Pittsburgh ended up breaking DP. Yeah, he broke DPHO's face. And that was what yep. caused the, uh, the whole thing. Yeah, I remember that. And then uh, Eric Goddard left the bench. Was it Goddard? I forget who it was on uh pittsburgh left the bench to help johnson out and haley's like taking on like six guys at one time well yeah that was because um oh my god who had the fucking the foo man he went crazy oh uh, he, he used to be in the age of gillies gillies oh my god yeah he was going <laughs> crazy yeah so goddard he, came up with he gillies shit. he hit ross johnston no it wasn't ross johnston who was it on the penguins um he hit him from behind and he was hurt and then he was like talking shit that he was like faking yeah. it and then Haley's like being sent to the box, and the linesman doesn't carry him into it. And Haley just challenges Johnson, and they go. <laughs> that was that was incredible. <laughs> I tell you but, what, that Trevor Gillies is a scary fucking human, man. Yeah, the thing with the Price and Thomas thing, 
I gotta admit, some guys might not like to hear this. Carrie Price would have tuned him up. I was gonna say Carrie definitely had him in the height department. T- Timmy might have had a little bit more weight, more of a little fire hydrant. <laughs> but uh, I-, I feel like for the goalies, one of the biggest things is the reach. Like once as you can grab your other guy and pull that jersey up, you, you kind of own him a little bit. I'm dude. I've never been. I've never heard an arena move like I did when that whole situation started with Marshan coming in after the whistle, Char coming in going after Pacioretty. Everybody squaring off, and then when Thomas started skating, and then he took his helmet off, that place—I felt like it left left off the ground. I, and I was looking at Mike when uh, the scrum was going on behind the Canadian's net, and then a Price comes around and just—you know—he was doing his job, trying to even up the numbers, and he hugged—I forget who it was—and when he hugged him, I looked at Mike. I was like, Thomas has got to go down. And then when we look and we see Thomas going down, me and Mike literally hugged each other and like we're like, we're going to see a goalie fight. <laughs> but that place was going nuts at the Garden. The uh, the one time where I felt that arena move, uh, Game 6, 2008 Bruins-Canadians, insane back and forth that whole game. Marco Sturm with the game-winning goal. Me and Fast Phil scored tickets to the game right before it. Phil actually left his debit card in the machine. He was able to swing back around, pick up the debit. Like, that whole night was wild. That game was insane. But uh, this building is vibrating. Like, oh, yeah. I remember. Uh, we'll have to edit that in for Jack Edwards. That'll have to be in there. I was also there three rows off the ice when Hank made that save on uh, Savard. Oh, yeah. And then at the game when he made the save, was it on Krejci? I forget who it was, was or on Luch. I think it was Krejci. Yeah, he made two of them where, he, like, unbelievable saves. And the the one on, uh, I think it was Savard, was after the lockout. And it was, like, the first game and everything else. And it was the first game as a Ranger for Rick Nash. And Hank made that save. And I didn't wear any Ranger gear. I like to be, like, low-key and respectful when I'm at other teams' arenas. But boy, did I fucking out myself and Hank made that save. <laughs> I'm the only guy in like the entire lower bowl that jumped up and was like, what a fucking save. <laughs> you like get up and you look around and you're like, oh, not MSG. You just sit back down. Like, yeah, I sat back down and there's like these two old Irish guys behind me. Sit the fuck down, New York. Like, oh, all right. Forgot where I was for a sec. Thanks, guys. Thanks for figuring it out for me. But yeah. Who do you got for shout outs? Uh, shout outs this week. I'm going to go with uh, the cannibal. So today he has skating earlier in the day. And, um, so now it's progressed. Uh, he doesn't use the crate or any of that anymore. He just buzzes around out there. So for the progression part of it, for the kids, they, um, they start doing like one part, they start during like the corner and it's like half ice. Uh, mm-hmm. and they were doing just, um, just playing with sticks, just playing hockey. He's having fun. So then they went to the other half of the ice there, and they were doing, like, a tag game. So first the coach is like, all right, I'm it. So he'll like, go like go around, tag the kids, and the kids try to tag him. So they're all, like, <laughs> skating and stuff. But then it's like, all right, so-and-so's it or so-and-so's it. You got to make sure you tag them. So now the kids are playing tag. And, um, dude, I wish I had the video camera out. There was this one kid that was, like, taller than Cam, and Cam comes barrel assing around the side and just 
two hands right in this kid's chest and fucking flopped him straight back, like bodied this kid. The and, just like, I'm not stopping, so you gotta get uh, Yeah, legit, way. like, just straight, like, Luis Mendoza, like, I can't hit the brakes. <laughs> and, like, dude, I'm watching it, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was so, like, I wish I had the video camera rolling. I was just, like, having so much fun watching him, and I wasn't expecting, but, oh, he fucking bodied this kid. And I was I like... Great hit, but unfortunately, that's two minutes for interference. Oh, no, no. They they were going straight at each other. So, like, Cam definitely toppled them, which I wasn't expecting. But I, I, as a dad, as a hockey dad, I, I was happy it happened. Anybody else? Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Little Miss Emma for giving me a little power nap before uh, our go tonight. And um, anybody, I would love to give a shout-out to my uh, beautiful red-headed wife. Um talk about being a saint around the holidays like she's just she 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 gets it all done well she's one very hot santa and uh (laughs) that's all i gotta say about that how you guys handling uh christmas and stuff you keeping it low-key yeah we usually do her aunts every year for christmas eve but i don't think that's going to be happening this year so i think it's just going to be very very low-key and just we'll be at the house and I think it'll be fun to make new traditions for the kids in, in yeah. a sense, but uh, it's like next year, do we continue the tradition or do we go back to what we did before? So I guess we'll uh, cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. Maybe uh big Kev can come over as Santa an actual Christmas morning for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say I'm off the next week, so I, I have to put it out there now. Um, anytime that Sparrow, uh, Sparrow Builders or uh, Stratford Landscape Contracting want to come and you know hook up that backyard rink. I am I am home and more than available to you know help you install. Just just throwing that out there. Get some uh, logos on the uh, near the blue lines. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we we could do either logos or we can get a little banner and freeze them in the ice, or I'll get a little fence around it. And you could put it on the fence. You know, free advertising there. That's fine. All right. Well, shout outs for me. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to go Eric. Obviously, I mentioned him earlier. Also, going to give a shout out if he's listening. Uh, one of my colleagues at work, John, who recently discovered the podcast, and I recently recently discovered he's a hockey fan. So, there we go. Um, and also, shout out to my friend Kat, sister from Manila Mister, all the way from the Peace Corps days. Uh, we were chatting tonight. She's over in Jersey. She is a Devils fan, unfortunately, but you know, everybody can't be perfect. Let's say every everybody has their own flaws. Well, except for you, Pooks. Ah, you know. Eh, <laughs> there, there's some things I can't change. You know that. But all, all good in the hood, baby. I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, geez, you, you watch what happens after we log off. I, I just got excited. <laughs> Hey, I heard you got a week off, so you better take that ass down here. <laughs> I was gonna say that I got a quick acela. I'll get there even faster than originally <laughs> planned. But uh. Everybody, as always, thank you so much for listening, and we're very excited to see where this thing ends up. We don't know where it's going, how it's going to get there, but I do have a feeling that within the next couple of weeks, the NHL is going to heat up. It's going to heat up quick. We will go through a division-by-division prediction whenever we get there. And go over some free, some moves that are going to happen between now and the start of the season. Yes, yeah, speaking of one uh, one move too, uh, Anthony Duclair, one year in Florida, one point seven million. So risking it all for next year. We'll see what happens. All right, Mike Hoffman still on the market. Everybody, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.
spending Christmas at your parents' house. They got us sleeping in these separate rooms. And I don't wanna make a mad or disrespect your dad, but I'm dying to snuggle up with you. So I'ma tiptoe real slow down the hallway if the floor creaks. Stop. That was close. I've been a good boy all year, that's the truth. But with a little nine nine, I'ma win up on the naughty list. And Santa's gonna take back all my gifts. With kisses sweeter than the cookies that we left up by the chimney. Tell me, baby, how could I resist? How could he pay me when it's cold outside? Wanna hold you tight, cause I know how warm your body is. I'ma end up on the naughty list. 